Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome once again to Expedition History, the place to be for the greatest stories the world has ever known. This time around, we've got a special episode for you, a bit of a change from our usual lineup. Accomplished writer Michael Ciccarelli Walsh, host of the Mediocre Writer podcast show and a good friend of mine, was kind enough to have me on his show to discuss the background of Expedition History, its influences, writing process, and what the show is all about. It's entirely unscripted and uncut. Michael wouldn't even let me see the questions he had for me beforehand so as to ensure everything was as raw as possible. If I ramble on and babble, it's because I have passion. And now, without further ado, here's my interview with the mediocre writer himself, Michael Ciccarelli Walsh. Hello and welcome to our next episode of The Mediocre Writer. Today I'm joined by a very special guest... He is not only the host of the uh, Expedition History podcast, but he is also my former roommate, so please welcome Vernon Corbin. Hey, Michael. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on the show. Um, thank you for having me. I'm extremely excited to be here. Awesome. It's great to have you, Vernon. Or I, sh- I should call you Corbin. I'm trying, I'm trying to be professional here, but at the same time, I'm like, no, he's always Corbin. He goes by his last name. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll be calling him Corbin for the duration, whether you like it or not. Um, so Corbin, I wanted to talk to you a lot about your uh, podcast, um, specifically because this is a um, here. What I'm doing is a podcast on writing, and what you've got is a really interesting formula for looking at not just you know not looking at fiction like I typically look at, but looking at real historical accounts of what goes on in in the real world, what has happened, and and finding like the best stories in history. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about sort of the inspirations behind your your podcast, um, where you look for stories, and I think a good place to start is just if you could start by telling us a little bit about Expedition History. What's the podcast about and what inspired you to create it? Sure, of course. So um, Expedition History started, I guess, in an unofficial sense back in late 2019. I was um, out at work. I was, yeah, out west, and... Um, at the end of the training every day, I'd find myself just kind of watching YouTube videos or like not even movies, just YouTube videos, usually about history. It's always been a passion of mine ever since I was but a wee lad. Um, yeah, it's late 2019. I decided I was like, OK, I'm going to start like making a podcast because watching these YouTubers, I was like, hey, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. Um, but I didn't have the videography. I didn't I don't have any videography experience. I have and I didn't have the patience to deal with like video editing software. So I was like, you know what, I'll just like make a podcast. Because at the time, I was listening to um, the history of Rome and uh, revolutions and um, all sorts of Dan Carlin hardcore history stuff. And I was like, you know what, these guys, I, I can do it. I can at least, you know, make a <laughs> somewhat average product. <laughs> and um, the inspiration for it all, um, I guess like the subject and starting with um, the Anabasis in, in particular, actually goes to a conversation you and I had when we were roommates. I don't know if I've ever told you this. But no way. Yeah, we were talking about um, it was just one of those it was one of those times where I, I you were hanging around when I you know, in the apartment when I got back at like 1 a.m. from the bars, you know, blazed at him or blitzed. Not I was not high. I was drunk <laughs> out of my out of my <laughs> Important mind. clarification there. Don't <laughs> yes. do drugs, kids. <laughs> and um, and when we were just like rambling or whatever, we just had a little late night discussions and I was rambling on about like how cool history is. And I remember. <laughs> Um, you and I were discussing how, like, like hi- historical events should there should be far more movies about historical events, and like you know we see a lot of stuff nowadays mm-hmm. where it's it, it's nonfiction. It's sorry, it's it's fic- they're fictional um, stories and stuff, which is not, nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, but right now we're seeing a lot of um, I guess sequels, repeats, revisions, just like 
I mean, it's like hmm. everything is just the rehashed version of stuff that our parents used to watch. And unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, for better or for worse, based on what you think of um, stuff coming out today. And again, n- none of this is is inherently bad. It's just that, like, I believe that there is a treasure tro- there is there is a treasure trove of options as far as entertainment goes in the past, and they're all you know real stories that our ancestors that our peoples have all gone through and taken part in and stuff that has you know gone on to affect the world we live in today and has you know shaped our current environment in some way shape or form and it's just like all of that and then you and i were talking and you're just like yeah you know like you're 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 you're, uh, you're a fiction guy which again perfectly fine but i'm <laughs> um, talking with people such as like yourself and um my girlfriend and just like it, it, history is everyone's least favorite subject and going through the various classes I've gone through, um, whether it's like, you know, in high school, college, whatever, it's, it's history. The history classes are always focused on the dates or they're focused on like trying to memorize some order of events or whatever. Like I remember like the only things I remember from my world history, my AP world history class in high school was it's like, OK, remember the dates of these trade agreements and um, that song they tried to teach me about the um, the various Chinese dynasties like in order like Sui Tang Song whatever something like that and it's like that's not if, if you want people to really absorb the subject and the mm-hmm. topic at hand you have to sell it better you have to entertain them <laughs> you can't just say absolutely yeah you can't just say here is a like here is a date you know here is a number that is linked to this event and give no context behind it it, it, it no one becomes invested that way yeah yeah it's trivia it's like a jeopardy answer versus i think you know what you're getting at here is like a story you know something to get like enwrapped in and even better yet it's a story that really happened correct it's tangible yes exactly it's tangible it is it is something that has you know changed things in the past which has set off a domino effect to you know um i guess in some way create the world we live in today and then like you know i want i want to do something about i want to you know try to like um, push the the overall the overarching story of history, you know, onto the masses in a um, in a digestible form. I don't I didn't want to be I don't want I, uh, I never wanted to like you know sell it in a in a dry sort of manner or anything like that or have you know one of those monotone speaking voices where you know you listen <laughs> to the you, you, yeah it's I I didn't want to be everyone's like least favorite like teacher. I wanted to be like hey you know like you know welcome to the show here's a great story we got for you you know let's. Let's kick it off from here. Keep you invested. You know, it's going to be like watching a movie, except for it's going to be in your mind. Like, long story short, yeah, that's how I, that's yeah, the inspiration no, that's, it all. But that's really interesting. I, if, I mean, first of all, I didn't actually, I, I knew time, I knew you had mentioned it when we were roommates. I didn't realize until you mentioned the, the 2019 thing. I'm like, oh, wait, that lines up exactly when we were roommates. I thought it had come like before and you were already working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. I do, I do vaguely remember a conversation. I, I may have been drunk as well. So like, yeah, maybe. I, I remember it only served me so well, but I do remember a lot of those discussions because um, one thing I've noticed is that uh, um, there's just, there's just so many great stories in there that have either been told as a you know adapted into a movie or film or, or, or you know, a book or something or that you know got um 
like adapted it was, it was the inspiration for something else like mm-hmm. when you look at star wars there were a lot of inspirations from world war Two. when you look at game of thrones there were inspirations from everywhere you yeah, got the, like, war the black of the dinner of scotland you've got yeah you've, you've got the war of roses per- yeah exactly I, I mean just so many different um elements in there and so i was kind of curious um where do you go to uncover these great stories because a lot of the ones you have are ones that you know i was not familiar with and i think the masses really enjoy like even though these are really cool stories most people don't know them or maybe only know the little trivial aspects of them you know mm-hmm. where do you find these yeah so the uh the source of my content um originally at least for the earlier episodes i got like from books i've read in the past so i have the anabasis by xenophon I have the Narvaez expedition, which is actually still sitting next to me right now, by uh, Alvar Nunez uh, de, uh, de Vaca. And um, I, I just texts in general, I, I don't read any modern books as far as like anything written for, like between... Except like, my book, of course. Yeah, except your book, yes, naturally. The, the Zobro <laughs> series. <laughs> but I, I don't read much, um, any, much of anything um, written after 2000. I love reading the eyewitness accounts of people who lived through historical events. So, like, one, my favorite book of all time is um, actually, um, I might, the book has a, a series of different titles depending on, I guess, like the publisher, but it's essentially, um, regardless, uh, regardless of the form, it is uh, The True Conquest of New Spain by uh, Bernal del Castillo. And it, it's about, it's essentially just one captain's. Who served under one captain who served under Hernan Cortez and his account of what happened as the um, Spaniard the Spaniards with their um, native allies conquered the Aztec Empire and it's 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 a great account it's 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 nothing the writing isn't too flowery like it's not that stuff like you get from like Charles Dickens where it's like the bushes were green and had orange flowers with <laughs> a Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's it's um I think it sets um in one um. It sets up the environment just how you mentioned in one of your episodes. I admit, I forget which one, but you said you want you want to put enough detail in a scene where the reader the or the audience can create the world in their own head, but you don't want to just bombard them with details to where um, what they're reading or listening to, whatever they're digesting, becomes too cumbersome. So yeah, yeah, it's it's it is a. What I usually read, it's like it is a soldier's account, a soldier's eyes. It's nothing's too crazy or flowery or anything. It's like, this is where I was. This is how it went. This is why we did it. it moving on. And I love that type of stuff. But, yeah, it, it comes from a, um, a variety of different sources. But because there's just tons of there's tons of just raw, excellent history to dive into. So um, it's a it's a vast pool. <laughs> And it's deep. Uh, it, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're looking at billions of people over the course of, you know, hundreds, even thousands of years. Um, a question I had kind of uh, just coming off of, of what you said there. Uh, do you prefer or would you recommend uh, firsthand accounts of, over, you know, like a, a, a secondhand or, you know, a reinterpretation? Or what would you, what do you find are the best stories? Um, the, the firsthand accounts or, or ones that are retold later? So I think the. The best accounts are definitely the first-hand eyewitness accounts because once you get into the the second-hand stuff where they're writing about something that happened, they still might get like the the larger details and everything, and it's definitely useful for research and to kind of double-check things and um, stuff like that. But that first-hand eyewitness account is always it hits a lot of the it makes you feel like you're more on the ground with the individual rather than the second-hand okay. story, which is uh, more 
more zoomed out, a little more third party. Tries to be more objective about, oh, well, this is what was happening. It's like, you know, if I'm if I'm reading about like a bunch of dudes that are wandering through the, you know, the unexplored southeastern United States, like I don't I don't really care what the political and social climate of the day was. I want to know about how bad these guys are starving. I want to know, you know, when is the last time they got water? How many um, hostile indigenous peoples do they see along the way? Like that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's again, it's that personal story. I, when, I, when I think of, I was curious what your answer would be just because you've, you've read so much more of this than I have. So I, I didn't know if, if the same principles applied or not. But based on what you're saying, it's it's the same as when I'm working with fiction in that um, there's a certain element when you really hone in on a particular character or a small group of characters and focus more on their experience. That's exactly. how people, I think, get wrapped into a story because mm-hmm. it's all about this, the feelings and, and emotions that are occurring within the moment. And in that, you can you know you can sprinkle in the social, economic, political climate. In, in that, like you know maybe they're struggling with a certain like like they're physically, personally dealing with a certain issue that becomes a theme. But it's not the point and purpose of the story being told. It's just it's just an element of it. You know, it, it's it's one of many layers. Precisely, and I, I think that's. That's where storytelling can really get great, and I think even better yet, when you tell a historical one, you look at you you get that ex- extra little bit of like here's where it was then, and here's where it is now. Here's what influenced. To me, the coolest part of history is just seeing the influences over time mm-hmm. spread out. And one question I had for you was just thinking of all these different historical accounts, how they've influenced different things. What I, I know, there's certain ones that we see all the time. Like we, like World War II is probably my favorite part of history. It's one that's probably been overdone in terms of like films, mm-hmm. books, biographies. It's, it's everywhere. Um, but what's like a really cool, it could be either like a personal account or just a, a specific narrative or point in history um, that you would really like to see made into a film or a book or something that really hasn't gotten the light of day. Okay, so... Um, actually, super easy, uh, super easy answer. The age of discovery slash the age of exploration. That whole time period from like 1492 until, uh, depending on who you ask, like you know 1750-ish or up until even like 1800 or so. It's um, the, the time period where Europeans were really going out and they were exploring the Americas and the far reaches of Africa and Asia, hands down, because. Regardless, I, that's, it's also the time period that with, um, col- with colonial, colonialism and imperialism, it's, it's received a lot of fire from, um, <laughs> academ- from modern academia in recent years. Mm-hmm. But it's, as far as stories go, it's, that is like the raw like mankind venturing into the unknown and all that stuff. And you know, really just like making a life for themselves and coming across all sorts of challenges and tribulations, whether it's the environments. Uh, other people, you know, their own um, internal troubles and everything. It's if I could, if I could, person go back in any time period and live through that type of stuff. A- age of exp- age of discovery slash exploration, hands down, not even a question. Okay, you sold that really well. Like it's it's not one I think about much. It's one we learn very generally about in school, Correct. but mostly the for- mostly the fourteen ninety two part, not mm-hmm. really everything that happens after it, unless you're looking at a very like trivial like Magellan circumnavigated the world. Sort of, he, he died, but his his yeah. ship made it. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's like th- those are the only stories you really get, and I feel like they're that like you, you had an episode of a whole group that I had never heard of before, and they get captured, and then they like escape, and they get captured again, and they spend years and years uh, exploring this territory that really hadn't been explored in depth before 
and it had this sort of like Heart of Darkness vibe to it. Like th- these are cool stories. Um, is there one in particular that you really like? Like if if you could see made into and well, pretend it's like Hollywood treats it well. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine in a world where they treat they they treat the source material well. If they gave you like the perfect interpretation of it, what would you like to see as like that one single narrative in the Age of Exploration? That one single narrative in the Age of Exploration. Assuming Hollywood treats it well, and well could mean, of course, a variety of different things, but just without all of this, um, to to get slightly political, without all of this, you know, Europeans are the bad guys type stuff they're mm-hmm. putting out today. Um, kind of, as I said earlier, I would love to see uh, the true conquest of New Spain from um, Bernal um, Diaz del Castillo's perspective. And I, I need to double check the name. I apologize if I'm adding different um, additional words onto his name, but Bernal Diaz. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would I would love to see it. I would love to see a Hollywood movie from his perspective. Like it could be, you know, here is just some actor. He's the main character, you know, and like someone uh, like Cortez, who is um, essentially, I guess, the key figure in the overall one of the key figures in the overall event. Um, can kind of become just a side character as everything um, is, comes from Bernal Diaz's perspective and kind of go through the writings essentially like, you know, this is um, how we sailed across the Atlantic. This is how we kind of, you know, bumbled along the coast until we found um, some previous, some sites that previous um, pilots or navigators had come across. This is how we, you know, set up our foothold in the Americas. This is how we had to battle our way inland. This is how we made friends with the natives. This is how we met the Aztecs. This is how everything... Um, blew up on our faces and this is how we came back and because i i know you're not a um i know this um this part of history is uh relatively unknown to you but i do i highly recommend the book and if you'd like to borrow it be my guest <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely oh excellent I'm down. You, you've sold it pretty well <laughs> cool so i have a final question and i you've i think i know what the answer is going to be but uh maybe we could elaborate on a little bit more Mm -hmm. but i was curious because i do think that history is such a great place for writers to explore to get ideas Mm -hmm. i mean just like we were talking about earlier how like so many things in in history have been influenced by that already and so uh or or so many things in fiction have been inspired by the real history i mean Mm -hmm. um so one one question i have is maybe we can expand to a couple more again but uh for aspiring writers What's a good sort of, for lack of a better term, what's a good gateway drug to get into, like, historical narratives? So, to get into historical narratives, the, gate, the gateway drug right now is definitely um, kind of what you said as far as you know, World War II. World War II is something that is, it still just en- encompasses the minds of everyone <laughs> today. For, for mm. numerous reasons, it's, it's you know, it's, it's World War II, it's... it's which doesn't need any introduction, but it was, you know, the world's most devastating conflict. It involved more countries and more peoples than any other sort of event in human history. And it's something that is still in living memory. Like, not only do we have veterans from World War II still alive today, albeit a dwindling number, extremely sad, um, but not only do we have um, living veterans across all the various combatants today, but we also are living through a time period where everything is still a direct. It, it's the do, it's just a domino effect that's still been mm-hmm. raining down <laughs> into this uh, modern day and age that we live in. No matter people go, oh, well, it's twenty twenty one. It's like, yeah, well, we're still in the effect, we are still feeling the effects of nineteen forty five. Um, but mm-hmm. that is definitely that's definitely something that really encapsulates a lot of people. And I'll admit it, that's actually how I got into history. I started out as a kind of like a World War II nerd, 
And then eventually I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, you know, I kind of, you know, um, learned everything I had wanted to know about World War II. And then from from then on, I just kind of started bouncing around and um, throughout military history. And military history is kind of like the secondary um, draw into the historical arena, I feel, for a lot of people. It's usually World War II and then military history. So I guess I'm kind of going down. I, I went down the pipeline, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but military history is great because, you know, it, it gets a lot of flack. It's like, oh, you're just trying to study violence or whatever. But military history ties in with every other bit of history. Like, early, like earlier in the podcast, I kind of like, in, when talking about personal accounts, I kind of like dismissed, you know, political and societal cause and effects and stuff like that. Which, you know, again, in personal accounts of stuff, it's not as important, you know, when the character's going through stuff. But as far as like the macro view of history, that stuff is extremely important. And when you learn about military history, if you're serious about going into military history, you, you learn about that type of stuff. You learn about the various cultures of the various combatant peoples. You learn about the political climate that caused that. You learn about the political climate during it all that and, like, and how it shaped the various war efforts, whether it's like whether it's the, the Russians and whether it's the, the Soviets and the Germans in World War II or the Romans against the British tribes you know, 2,000 years ago or whether it's about even... Um, you know, the Greeks versus the Trojans, even far, even further back. It's you, you learn a whole bunch about the various societies. So it, it quickly, again, if you're serious about it and you're serious about um, learning not just military history, but history in general, you can definitely use mi- a military history as a springboard into learning about just civilizations as a whole, which is the problem that stems from a lot of history classes nowadays, as as we were talking about, it's a, it's a lot of trivia, as you said. It's just kind of like learn this date, learn this person, you know, learn these trade routes. They don't they don't grab your attention with conflict because, as horrible as warfare is, it's it admittedly is the sexier side of history. It's it's con- conflict <laughs> conflict draws views. Well said. Yeah, conflict conflict gets attention. You know, whether it's stuff going on nowadays or if it's stuff going on in a fiction book no one would care about star wars if you didn't have the rebels fighting the empire or the clones fighting the droids no one would care about the diplomatic talks of the trade federation across three six nine movies you know that does I, I would argue they still don't but yeah true <laughs> but like and, but i definitely see what you're saying yeah and, and it sounds bad and i'm sure other people out there you know on public platforms um, have made it, have made similar statements, um, but if they have, I've not heard it. Um, so, but you know, again, I'm not I'm not a scholar. I'm not trying to be you know the first to say this type of stuff. And but it just it feels bad to say saying that you know violence draws views, but that's just the way it is. You know, action movies, adventure movies that involve some sort of you know violent conflict will all like have always outperformed you know your your romance movies or your soft like comedies or whatever like as as successful as the office was there was still conflict you know you you still had <laughs> you still had um <laughs> jim getting attacked from like pam's you know ex-fiance or stuff like that you had um, or just jim versus dwight or jim, Th- that was really the central conflict i think of the whole series <laughs> exactly there has to be some sort of active conflict and again that type of stuff world war ii to military history and to just learn about civilizations then finding a time period that you really enjoy it, it really helps to just push you down the pipeline and that's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a victim of that and i can see just um looking at various podcasting platforms or, or um shows uh, youtube uh, youtube series uh, documentaries all sorts of stuff it's 
that's exactly how people are drawn in. Yeah, no, and, and that honestly makes me feel a lot better about um, my like because I always my whole experience with history is I just get really excited about the military history and I'm like, is that too is that dark? Is that too bad? It's <laughs> not. I, it's I like not to bad. Read about bloodshed, but it's not bad because that. Well, I was saying it's it's not so. You, there's there's two ways that you could look at it. At least you know going shooting off the top of my head, there's two ways you could look at it. You could either look at all that stuff and go, oh my gosh, that's all horrible. I can't believe that you'd you know so strongly believe in violence or like you know be drawn to bloodshed or you can do what i do and you can you know praise the heroic acts of the individuals fight into it it's it's the the triumph of the human spirit against the greatest conflict of all you know man versus mm-hmm. man or men versus men or women or you know however you want to cut it <laughs> um <laughs> but like it's it's people triumphing over a greater conflict it's not just an internal conflict against you know, whatever it is, it's because they're, they're going to have internal conflicts within them, in themselves. You know, like, why are we here? Why are we fighting the war? I'm living in the trench and I'm getting eaten alive by rats every day. You know, that's a, it's a hell of an internal conflict. <laughs> but then over like encompassing all of that, you know, then they're looking across no man's land and there's thousands of dudes out there who want to kill them. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, in a, you know, I'm referencing World War One and all this, of course. But then at the end of the day, you know, World War One is settled but what does it solve? And it's, you know, it's just so many, it, it dives into the mind of mankind a far deeper level than you will hit in, I'm willing to wager, it, than you'll hit in any other genre. But that's my personal belief. That's, um, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scholar. I'm not an academic. I want to <laughs> preface everything um, by saying that I am, or I, I guess it's too late to preface everything. But I am a, um, I got a four-year degree in international affairs. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I've gone so far in the academic world. But that is... Um, go Knowles. Go Knowles, yeah. I've given you my two cents at the very least. I think that is a great two cents. And I think, I mean, it really speaks to my, my belief in storytelling, which you know is what we're, I think, talking about here with history is how do we present it in a way that people get excited. It's storytelling. And when it comes to storytelling... And to me, any scene that lacks, like storytelling, is conflict. And any scene, any moment that lacks it, is something that gets cut. Yeah. You know, any any time they're just sitting around talking about things, no. If they're gonna talk, it has to be an argument, a debate, a something. You know. Mm-hmm. And when they're not ta- talking, fighting, they're fighting, fighting. You know. There's gotta exactly. be something. Yeah. There's gotta be something that the character is after, whether it's peace, whether it's winning the battle, whether it's uh, a diplomatic solution, and seeing you know if it a if it works, if it you know do they succeed, do they not succeed, and what are the consequences? And that's a story, and that's a story that's been told throughout history and all different forms and all different battles. But um, I, you know, and I think at the end of the day, history is really defined by those those conflicts. And I, I'm just I'm excited to, to hear more of your stories coming out of um, uh, coming out of expedition history and, and getting to see what those are. Um, so with that being said, uh, Corbin, do you have any final thoughts on um, uh, on history and and how do, I guess how to incorporate it into stories like? What can you? What can writers do when it comes to history to really um, learn learn it, understand it, and, and make it into something that um, can educate more people on what happened? So um, the same with history is that you can either go wide or you can go deep, and I still have no idea if I've gone wide or I've gone deep, which means I've probably just gone wide. But what what it essentially means is that you know if you go wide, you know uh, you know a whole bunch of stuff about different eras throughout history, but you don't know too much about each one if you go deep then you're specializing in something like someone who's really into the roman empire is deep 
in the Roman Empire, but he's shallow as far as width, in air quotes, width is concerned. Um, but for writers, I, I strongly advise finding a historical time period that really draws you in, for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe you're a fan of um, the, the conquests and the, the culture of the Roman Empire, or maybe you're attracted by the, um, the ideal chivalry of the medieval ages and you know the, the nice oath and everything like that. Or maybe you're attracted to the Bushido, Bushido culture of um, you know, samurai Japan. Or just find something that appeals to you and then dive in deep with it because you never know what you're going to find. And, you know, maybe once you've kind of exhausted your source material there or you want to move on to a different project, go wide, shop around to different eras, you know, see what you like. Look, look at the, the characters, so to speak. Look at the, the key players, the kings, the queens, the, the generals, the, even down to like the soldiers or the, the dudes just living in the towns and villages and everything. You know, find your characters, you know, dive back down into whatever era draws you in and then just keep, it's like a pelican going for fish you know <laughs> up down up yeah. down yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's that's a great way to look at it i i really agree if if you can get deeper in something it, it it's going to impact your storytelling better i i've kept thinking of this random example in my head and it's going to sound really random but i promise it connects to what you're saying is watching movies with my dad my dad is a big car expert mm-hmm. and we would watch like a movie that takes place in a certain era like maybe the 50s and he points to a car and he goes, "Hey, that's not accurate. That that car is from 1962. That that wasn't built uh, in this. In this, that shouldn't be in the Back to the Future movie taking place in 1955." Yeah, the anachronisms. And yeah, exactly. And it's little detail, but it's all about those little details that, like, um, alone don't really wouldn't make or break a story. But when you're able to get so many of those details and so much of that sort of vividness in terms of the sights, the sounds, the the smell. I mean, you won't really be able to smell it, but you can smell it in your mind when you read it, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you're able to really incorporate all those little tiny elements and, and really set the stage, it sets it so far apart from other stories that just give you the rough beats of a really generic story, you know? Because at the end of the day, your story will probably be the same. It's somebody goes off to battle, somebody um, goes to save the damsel in distress. But if you have that extra element of really understanding historically, like what it's like, how and how that history impacts the particular character at play, then it becomes a, something that goes from you know good or decent to really great storytelling. Agree. agree. So. I, I think we've I think this has been a great conversation about getting uh, just uh, something different for for writing. I think we've talked so much about fiction on this show, and I really appreciate you going through some of my episodes and finding things that connect uh, to history and, and, and to expedition history. Um, so thank you, Corbin, for being on the show today. I think we've learned a lot about um, how to incorporate it into storytelling okay. and hopefully how to get better historical stories. Yeah, again, Michael, thank you for having me. It is, it's been a blast, and it's, it's great talking to you again. And, you know, if you ever need a, a surprise guest for any reason, I'm always here. Feel free to tap in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always welcome on the show. So thanks again, Corbin, for, for coming. Make sure you guys check out his podcast. It's called Expedition History. And, Corbin, can you tell us where we can find your podcast online? Expedition History is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the uh, various Amazon hosting sites through um, Amazon Store or Alexa or what have you. You can also find it on Podbean, that is the host site, so if you want to uh, follow and subscribe there, I'm going to start trying to be a little more active with um, posting and just audience engagement, so feel free to you know jump in. And um, if you have any questions about Expedition History, about 
um, like my writing process or you just want to tell me that my view of history is wrong or you want to you know toss some new ideas to me feel free to email me at expeditionary uh, sorry expedition history podcast at gmail.com again expedition history podcast at gmail.com so thank you all for for listening uh, thank you corbin again for, for coming again make sure you guys check out his podcast expedition history and we'll see you next time on the mediocre writer and we will see you on Exhibition History, home of the greatest stories the world has ever known. There you have it, ladies and gents, my interview with Michael Chickerley Walsh, the mediocre writer. It was an absolute blast to be on his show, and I hope you all had as much fun listening to it as we did recording it. The Mediocre Writer is available across all the major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. Whether you're an aspiring writer trying to learn the ropes or an experienced author looking to hone their skills, I cannot recommend the show enough. It's just as entertaining as it is educational and certainly worth your time. As for Expedition History, we will, for real, see you next episode where we'll jump into the blown out trenches and shattered hellscapes of World War I, fighting alongside the courageous volunteers of the Czechoslovak legions. Please remember to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're tuning in from, and I'll see you next time on Expedition History. <laughs>